Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. I want to talk from the topic today in our series if you were just typing in the comment section right now, say, keep moving, keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. Father, thank you for your word. I thank you for your experience that you've allowed for us to have today. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do in this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Put in the comment section, keep it moving, keep it moving. I want to make sure that those of you who are listening and those of you who are tuned in today, that you don't think for one moment uh, that the three words, keep it moving, Um, or any indication or any insensitivity uh, to the different things that you might be going through. Sometimes we use that keep and move it, uh, keep it moving as if uh, we're bouncing from whatever we've experienced and we're just moving on as if it doesn't even matter, but that's not the case. Uh, There are things that do matter and they do affect us. Uh, But as it relates to this particular scripture and this particular text, I hope that it helps to frame uh, how you keep moving uh, when you have experienced loss of any kind. Um, as it relates to the early 60s, um, there was the civil rights movement um, that had started. And during that time, uh, there was a leader uh, by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King uh, Jr., who uh, was with many others who were protesting through the streets and they were going through um, uh, for, uh, marching for change and they were marching peacefully, but they were marching for change. And um, they were singing freedom songs, uh, things like, Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave. Um, they would sing songs like, We shall overcome. Down in my heart, I do believe uh, that we shall overcome. And they were marching through the streets, hand in hand, praying and singing, uh, being brutalized by different types of unfortunate uh, situations, by police brutality. But they continued to march and they continued uh, to forge ahead in doing that in peace. And the leader of the movement, uh, the leader who was responsible, even along with the other leaders, there were other leaders who were doing things, but one of the most vocal leaders that we know that we celebrate uh, tomorrow, but Uh, That particular leader, Dr. King, uh, was later on assassinated April 4th, uh, 1968, um, after having uh, given his life and given much of his time and and all of these different types of putting himself in in harm's way. uh, He was assassinated. They thought that by assassinating him and by killing him that they would indeed uh, silence the movement or silence the voice or silence the Uh, that cause that people were uh, going towards. But later on, uh, just four days after his assassination, uh, uh, John Conyers, the Democratic congressman from Michigan, he took to the floor of Congress to insist that there be a federal holiday uh, to be able to honor uh, Dr. King for what he had done. And at that particular time, uh, that particular vote went on deaf ears and they did not feel uh, that it was necessary. It took years uh, for them to get there to be some movement on this holiday. Uh, took the Congressional Black Caucus and even Steve wonder wrote a song dedicated to his birthday. It took many years until 1986 when the first federal holiday was celebrated. But it took years, but they continued to march. They continued to march 
march towards unity. They continue to march towards a cause, peaceful, but they continue to march. And on January the 6th, things that we felt we had overcome, things that we felt we had marched for, January 6th, people uh, started to riot and to overtake the Capitol. And January 6th was a day that was marked in the uh, in in the in the in the areas of our mind and in our brain and it's etched in our mind is not just newsworthy it was something that was nation worthy everybody was looking at january 6th and when we saw that it proved that supremacy has not been denied or supremacy has is still there it's not gone it's it, even though we marched for years it has not left and it was visible for everyone and it was so visible that we've seen people were breaking out windows and doing all different types of things climbing over walls and doing all these different things and we saw this overtaking of the capital and we also saw images of minorities and people of color that were the janitors and that were the people that were there to clean up after all the mess was gone. We look at that particular image and then we move to the Black Lives Matters and how there were many people who were as Dr. King and many other, uh, uh, many people that were freedom fighters that were marching and protesting in the streets. And as they were marching and protesting in the streets, they were doing it peacefully and as they were marching the black lives matter in the in this in the summer of 2020 they were marching and they were lifting up the names of many people who had been slain many people who are gone that are now hashtags of which are forever etched in our mind and the question that many minorities and people of color had after january 6th is if those people who had overtaken the capital on january 6th were minorities and people of color would there have been a different story reported on the news would there have been other, would there have been things that have happened that would have just unimaginable to our thought process? And we saw even when we were marching and black lives were marching in the front of the Capitol, the same area, there was National Guards that were standing there as if their peaceful protest was uh, provoking um, provoking um, some type of uh, movement that caused fear. There was peace in the streets and we were, uh, there was passion and peace, but there was the National Guard there to protect, protect years now after the initial marches of Dr. King and years after the I Have a Dream speech and years after Emmett Till and years after injustices and years after bombings and years after killings and years after Rosa Parks decided to not get up, years after all these different threats that are still present today, years later, we're still marching. Years later, we are still moving. Years later, we are moving and we are marching even without not necessarily seeing any light at the end of the tunnel. But we still march. Someone put in the comment section, put there, we are still marching. We are still moving. Now, Dr. King is not with us anymore. And many of those who fought for justice and many of those leaders are not with us anymore, but we still have work to do. But as we as we come to this text today, many of us are grieving over who's not here anymore to do something about what's going on. 
Uh, many of us are grieving about leaders and asking what would they do if they were here and they're not here with us anymore and, and they are not in position as they were anymore and we find this particular text before us today and know that this text is not talking about social justice and know this text is not talking about social issues but it is talking about somebody who was mourning over someone who he thought was going to be the answer that became not the answer and I want to speak to everybody who's watching right now who are generation and there are people and there are millennials and there are Gen Xers and there are ones who are watching right now that you're grieving because you're wondering who's going to be the person who's going to do something about the things that I'm seeing right now and you're mourning over people who are not rising up and you're mourning over people who are not there anymore just like the prophet Samuel was mourning he was saying what am I going to do about what's not happening anymore what what am I the person that I thought was going to be the leader is not the leader and he's not there anymore and we find that here the story of this person he's grieving over was the person by the name of Saul uh, this person by the name of Saul, the people in that particular time, they, they wanted a king, they wanted a leader, and they already had God, but God wasn't good enough for them. They had God to give them instruction. They had God to give them guidance. But God was not good enough for them. They wanted a king like the other people. They wanted to have leadership like the other people. They wanted to, to uh, have someone governing over them like that. And they went through and Saul said, no, you have God. And God finally said to, Saul, to Samuel, excuse me, God said to Samuel, he said, give the people what they want. If that's what they want, give it what they want. And, and he found Samuel and, and when he found Saul. And when he found Saul, what was interesting about Saul and it says look amongst you there's somebody who's taller and looks better than anybody among you he said look for him and they said well where is he we can't find him and we find out that even when they found Saul uh, that he was hiding in luggage uh, he had to come out from his baggage just to be a leader he had to come out from what he was struggling with or dealing with just to be a leader and that was the one that they wanted somebody who had a lot of baggage <laughs> they wanted somebody who had luggage, but they wanted him. Nevertheless, this is interesting. When you're desperate, you'll look over baggage just because you want it. You'll, you'll look over the, the present issues that you see just because you want it. You have to be careful of wanting stuff that God's even revealing to you. And he's showing you, no, 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 don't do, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. But you say, oh, no, I, I can change him. I can change them. Just give me a few days and I can change the situation. That baggage ain't too much. It's not too much until you're carrying baggage that does not belong belong to you it's not too much until you're carrying weight that does not belong to you you want to wait until God gives you what belongs to you so they had somebody who had baggage and, and that's who they wanted uh, later on uh, we found out that he was uh, called to be the king based on the people's choice and, and there was some instructions that the prophet gave to him he said hey uh, there's some there's some instructions I want to give you for certain things that he did and one particular thing was he said I want you to go into this particular area uh, there's a king named Ahag he said I want you to kill him and and uh, kill everything there and because they had they were against uh, God and against the prince he said I want you to go kill that and kill everything uh, he went there and it says that when the people saw the best things or they saw the spoil or they saw things that they liked or desired they killed the things they didn't want but the things that they wanted they kept 
So later on, uh, the prophet, the God spoke to the prophet Samuel and he told him, he said, hey, uh, he didn't do everything that I told him to do. So Samuel went to Saul and he said to him, he said, you didn't do what it is that God called you to do. And, and Saul said, oh, yes, I, I, sac I, I killed everything and I did what you. He said, no, but what is this bleeding of the sheep that I hear in the background? Meaning the evidence of what you were supposed to kill, I can still hear it. Uh, the evidence of what I told you to destroy, I can hear, still hear it. And I want to park here just for a moment to ask you, are you? Are you denying what you haven't killed yet? Can God still hear what you haven't let go of just yet? So that's what happened to, to Saul. He said, I can still hear the bleeding of the sheep. And he said, and, and the prophet said back to him, he said, for God loves uh, obedience more than he loves sacrifice. It's not your sacrifice that's important. It's your obedience that's more. And later on, he found out that he said that God has taken the kingdom from you this day. Uh, no longer will you be king. God has chosen someone after his own heart. God's chosen someone after his own heart. He said, it's time for you to move on. He said, I, I'm not going to use that anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to move on. God always has another plan. He's never just concerned about that. So now we get to this particular text and we get here and now Samuel, even though he was a prophet, he was grieving. Even though he was called of God, he was grieving, which is to say for those of you, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you don't go through things. Just because you're spiritual, just because you're a prophet, just because you're an evangelist or a minister or a worship leader or whatever, doesn't mean that you don't get disappointed when God doesn't use what you thought he was going to use. And God does not open the door you thought he was going to open or God does not move in the way you thought he was going to move. Sometimes we do get disappointed because we had our hopes fixed on one thing or hopes fixed on one idea or hopes hope fixed on one particular uh, business plan or whatever and it does not work out the way we want it to work so it moves us into a place of grieving so in verse 16 God says to Samuel he said hey prophet he says how long will you grieve over Saul since I rejected him he said man of God you got to keep it moving uh, now some of you are like well it hurt some of you are like, well, I mean, that thing that happened with Dr. King, that, 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 I mean, that was really, that was hard. That thing that happened on January 6th, that was hard. What we've seen for the last four years, that's hard. Yes, but you got to keep it moving. How, how do I do this? And that's what God is saying to Samuel. He said, how long will you stay there? How long will you keep grieving over what I have moved on from? Uh, so in order for you to keep it moving, the first thing is you got to make sure you deal with your mood. And I want to ask you, how's your mood right now? And so that's what he said to Samuel, uh, to Saul, uh, to Saul, uh, to Samuel. He said, how long will you stay in a mood? How long are you going to be stuck there? Uh, how long are you going to stay in denial? And how long are you going to stay in that area of anger? And how long are you going to be able to stay in that area of questioning? How long will you stay there? He said, because before you're able to move, hear this, before you're able to move, you've got to deal with your mood. Uh, before you can move forward, you got to deal with your mood. Someone, someone put that in the chat. I got to deal with my mood. He said, I know you're grieving, but you're still a prophet. Uh, what that means is a prophet is to say, I, I know you're grieving, but you also have the ability to tap in and to hear what I'm going to plan for next. You're not just some ordinary person. He said, I, I share things with you. He says, you got to be able to deal with your mood. He said, because uh, what was happening is he said, God, me transferring the kingdom from Saul uh, to someone after my own heart doesn't mean I was operating in anger. It means I always operate in purpose. I always have another. <laughs> I always have a plan. 
There's always a purpose even over what I reject. There, there's always a purpose even over things I don't use. There, there's always a purpose. Someone put in the chat, there's, all, there's always a purpose. And, and he's asking him, he said, how long are you going to stay in a mood? How, how long are you going to be walking around talking about what didn't happen? How long are you going to talk about who didn't happen? And how long are you going to walk around talking about what you thought was supposed to work and didn't work and what you thought was supposed to happen and who was supposed to do it and who was supposed to be there and they weren't there? How long will you stay in a mood when you see I have moved on? And that was the second thing. He said, if you're going to be able to do that in verse, uh, the, the next part of that scripture, he says, fill your horn with oil. Fill your horn with oil. He said, I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. He said, for I have provided for myself a king among the sons. He said, I want you to move from your mood to movement. He said, fill your horn with oil. Fill your horn. That fill your horn means you got to refresh it refresh your horn I know some of you are like I don't I don't know I don't have a horn Re refresh what you use uh, refresh your resume uh, refresh your plan refresh your ideas refresh your mind refresh your language refresh your emotions refresh yourself someone put in the chat right now refresh yourself he says fill your horn with oil what that means filling the horn with oil to refresh means he says i want you to fill it with oil the oil represents the consecrated thing that was used uh, to to confirm someone's call he said that thing that you use as far as oil that thing has been crushed he said fill your horn with something that has been crushed he says, God, I'm never finished just because one thing passed away. I'm never through because one thing stopped moving. I, I'm not finished just because one thing didn't work the thing that you thought it was going to work out the way. He says, fill your horn with the story of what tried to crush you. Fill your horn. Fill, fill your life with the thing. Fill the life with your story. Your story that's being developed right now is trying to crush you, but it's only crushing you for a purpose. He said, I want you to fill your horn with the story of how you got here. Refresh yourself. He said, this season that you're going into, he said, you're going to be able to flow or the oil right now only is able to be used after it's been crushed because the crushing is what allows it to be flowing. And if you don't have a crushing, you can't flow. If you don't have a crushing you can't flow put that in the chat if i don't have a crushing i can't flow the more crushed you are the more flow you have the more crushed you have the more flow you have and for those of you who just experienced the worship earlier today it wasn't just about songs it wasn't just about a band it wasn't just about denim and black it was about crushing you can't sing right if you hadn't been crushed right you can't flow right if you hadn't been crushed right you have not uh, that's why the songwriter said it was good for me that I have been afflicted it is good for me that I have been I have been crushed because the more crushed I've been the more relatable I have become the more crushed I've been the more I'm able to flow I'm able to flow into prison I'm able to flow in COVID I'm able to flow in crisis I'm able to flow broke I'm able to flow deranged I'm able to flow in sickness I'm able to flow in sadness because the more crushed I am the more able I'm the more I'm able to flow put in the comment section because of the 
crushing. Just put that because of crushing. Get a t-shirt made this year and say because of the crushing. I know some of you want to have a website and say because of Corona. No, put because of the crushing. Because of my crushing, that's why I'm able to flow. My business didn't even start moving until I got crushed. My life didn't get better until I got crushed. My relationship didn't get better until I got crushed. I knew church before I got crushed. But because I got crushed, now I know Christ. It's because of my crushing that I got an experience. Before I had a crushing, I knew how to dance. But because of my crushing, now I know how to survive. If I don't dance, I'm still leaving. If I don't speak in tongues, I still got breath in my body. Put in the comment section, it's because of my crushing. Because of my crushing, because of me being refreshed, I, he said, I want you to fill your horn with oil, fill it with crushing again. He says, and go. Now that go, and I, I'm trying to simplify this to you, that go means do it again. Saul didn't work, but that doesn't mean I don't still have a purpose. He said, fill your horn with oil and go. He says, you won't see what's next if you don't move from here. You won't see what I'm doing next if you keep moping around here. You won't see what I'm doing in the next season if you keep crying about the other season. This series about dealing with yesterday, you won't live in 2021 if you're still talking about 2020. He says, fill your horn and go. Someone put in the, in the chat right now, just go. I, I know they don't sound like it's a, it's a full sentence. Go, do something, move. He says, do it again. And this is the part I love here. He says, fill your horn with oil. I will send you to the, to the Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided there. He said, I have provided for myself a king. The people chose a king the first time, but this time I'm going to choose it. He said, I provided myself, but in order for you to know what I've chosen, you've got to discern it. He says, fill your horn with oil means refresh yourself. He says, go, which means go, do it again. He says, and then I'll send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. He says, I provided myself a king among his sons. He said, you're going to have to discern how not to be governed by people's opinions. You're going to have to discern not to get caught up in people's opinions. He said, because I'm going to choose for you. I'm going to choose the king. And you're going to have to hear me, people. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. If you don't hear anything else in this entire 2021, you're going to have to discern between what's good and what's God. You're going to have to discern this year between what's good and what's God. And it will only be through the lens of crushing that you'll be able to discern the difference. All the different things that you're complaining about right now and all the different things that you're going through and all the different things. You don't like your work environment. You don't tired of Zoom and all that type of stuff is crushing you so that you might be able to discern better. So after this stuff, all these things that are being revealed while you're at home right now is showing you so that when you get back out, you will be able to discern between what's good and what's God. Goes on to Saul, he says to Samuel, he says to him, he said, when you get to his house, he said, you'll be able to practice this thing. Because in verse 7, he goes to Jesse's house and he gets there and he says, hey, God says that there's a king here in your house. 
He gives them all his sons, seven sons, and brings all of them before him. And uh, they all uh, seem to fit the bill. And then in verse 7, after he sees one of his sons, and he thinks he looks apart. And, and I, I don't know why I feel led to say this, but some of you all right now, you think the uh, who's around you is the person for you. Or you think some of the friends around you are for you. You might need to discern it a little bit more clear before you make a decision. So he was looking at them, and he said to them, he says, uh, he said, the ladies looked apart, but God responded to Samuel. He said, the Lord said to Samuel, don't look at his appearance. Or don't look at the height of his statue because I rejected him. He says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He said, you won't be able to discern the heart by what they look like. You won't be able to discern the heart by how they're chiseled. You won't be able to discern the part just because some of them talk a good game, but they're not, they have no substance and they have no foundation. And when the storms and, and raging and life happens, uh, you, they will abandon the ship and they won't even be in the part. Actually, this person that he was particularly talking about later on, we find out that when a when thing came up against Goliath and the people that he had on the armor, but he wasn't a, he wasn't a soldier. There are a lot of people who will put on attire, but they are not the attire that they put on. So he said to him, he said, don't look at his attire because it's hard. I, I rejected him. He's not the one. He says, go on. He said, and I want you to move on. So next, lastly, and I'm almost here. I'm finished here. He said, Jesse had his sons pass before him and, and Samuel went to Jesse and he said, the Lord has not chosen these. And he went to him and Samuel said, but I know there's a king here. I know there's a king here. I know there's a king because God sent me here. I know, I know there's a king here. He said, are all your sons here? Because if you're going to keep it moving, if you are, you're going to move from, from a mood and you're going to get a movement, but you got to be able to discern the moment. He said, I know, I know this is the moment. I, I, I'm right in the, I'm in the right spot. I, I know this is the time for me to make a move. I'm, I, I'm in the right spot. He said, I know there's a king here. And the dad says to him, he said, you know, there remains yet the youngest. If you look at that, he didn't even say his youngest son's name. I want to speak to everybody who they don't even call you by your name. You and the family, but they look over you as if you are an item and not a person. He says they remain as the youngest. Um, I, I, I mean, he's keeping sheep. I mean, we, we don't even, we didn't even invite him to this consecration service. That's how much we thought of him. Um, but if you want him, and Samuel said, send for him. I want to send a message to some of y'all right now. God's sending for you. He says, send for him and get him. He says, I want you to discern the moment. This is what's going to help you all this, this, this year. He says, because if you're going to discern the moment, you're going to have to be able to discern who's looked over. You have to be able to discern who wasn't considered. You have to be able to discern it and be able to look at those people and be able to know them and to be able to look over and be able to even consider the things that you've looked over. The things that God is going to use to help you. The things that God is going to use to minister to you in this season. You have to be able to discern the things that you're looking over. And then after, after he didn't even raise his name, didn't even mention his name, you have to also be able to discern who's left out. Who's currently not in position. Uh, who's not or, or what is it that it's not that it's not it's not it's not that things are not going to happen but it's not necessarily in the position that it's going to be in just yet no uh, David was looked over and he was left out so finally in verse 12 says he says and he sent and brought him and when he brought him he had beautiful eyes and he was handsome and the Lord said to him arise anoint him for this is he 
Samuel took the horn of oil, that thing he sent him early, he said, refresh that thing. He said, the very thing that you're going to use is the very thing that needs to be refreshed. He said, take that horn of oil, he says, and anoint him, hear this, in the midst of the people who looked over him. Anoint him in the presence of everybody who left him out. Anoint him. And the scripture says, and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. The spirit of the Lord rushed upon him from that day forward. Why am I ministering this message to you before today? Because I want you to know that you're sitting there. Many of you are mourning over what God is not using anymore. You're mourning over what God has passed in you. You're mourning and God is saying, I've already got somebody that you might be looking over. You might be the one one that you're looking over you might be the one who feels left out you might be the one who's not currently included but what you need to know is that you might be looked over and you might be left out but what David was he was locked in he was looked over he was left out, but he was locked in. What that means is he was not seen, but he was already prepared. He was not seen, but he was already prepared. What that means is he wasn't in the position, but he was already prepared for the position position that he was going to get in. And I want to ask a question for everybody who is streaming in right now, everybody who's watching right now. Are you prepared for next? Are you already doing what it is that God wants to use when the oil is poured? Will it be poured on you or will it be poured on somebody else? When God pulls the oil and when somebody looks for an answer and there is no more Martin Luther King and there is no more Rosa Parks, but there is a you and there is somebody who's watching right now and the oil wants to be poured and it's not going to be poured on people who are just scrolling. It's not going to be poured on people who are just posting on Instagram and Facebook just because you won't like. He wants to know is there anybody in position is there anybody because David was already locked in what does it mean he was locked in he was locked in to be a king no he wasn't locked in to be a king he was locked in in his heart his heart was already towards his position he was 10 or 15 years old at that particular time and it wasn't until many many years later that he received the kingdom or he walked into that particular spot but but at an early age, he was already locked in. And I want to ask you, why you're waiting? Are you already locked in? Why you're going through? Are you locked in? Why you're at home? Are you locked in? Or are you waiting on Wanda, the good witch of the West, to be able to click her heels and sprinkle you with, with pixie dust? And you can say everything's going to be okay. Are you in the place what you're supposed to be in? Are you already locked in? Because he was looked over. He was left out, but he was locked in. What they it means is he could have come to the house and been upset he could have come to the house and been mad he could have come to the house and been angry because they didn't ask for him in the first time but I want to tell you this year God is calling people who were looked over the first time God is calling for people who weren't at the table God is calling for people who were not looking like Eliab they were not looking the part but God is calling for people who are in the field, who are out there not trying just to create websites, just to be creating websites. God is calling for people who are not just trying to be great on the ground and weak in life. God is calling for people who are not just trying to have great speeches and have no work with their speeches. God is calling for people who are already locked in, who is already crushed, but you've got to be able to have the ability to keep it moving. Samuel, there 
are some of you who are watching right now who you're in the position of the Samuel you're the one who God spoke to the first time and what God spoke to you the first time didn't work out the way you thought it was I want to speak to every Samuel and I want to speak to every Samata everybody who's watching right now and all of you who are so spiritual and all of you who are speaking in tongues and you're angry because God hasn't moved the way you thought he was going to move and he has not worked the way you thought he was going to work I want to tell you I got a word for you keep it moving mourn over it grieve over it be able to look at it but don't stay in it because it's time to move from what didn't work to what God has planned God's not finished just because you think it's finished God's not through just because you think it's over God always has another plan come here Abraham God called him to go up to the middle of uh, to Mount Moriah thought he was going to be able to he thought he was going to let go of his son that day thought that he was going to sacrifice his son because he was so committed to obedience he was so committed to God's call that he was going to do whatever God wanted him to do he lifted up that knife and he was going to be able to sacrifice his son and before he struck his son God said wait a minute now I see that you love me more then you love my things he said look over to the left you will see a ram that's caught up in the thicket I want to ask somebody are you the ram or do we have to look for somebody else somebody's on the right somebody's on the front line right now there are health workers there are social justice people there are people on the front line and they're looking for help and they're sacrificing time sacrificing their mind sacrificing money and they're wondering we've been celebrating a dream for many many years but I want to ask you are you the answer to the dream or are we just going to keep having breakfasts are we going to keep walking around or we don't keep marching if every Greek organization gonna walk around and we're gonna keep talking about what he did I don't care about what he did what are you gonna do brother what are you gonna do because God wants to pull the oil Martin Luther King was a prophet but you are called to God wants to do something with you David was 10 David might have been 15 what are you telling your child what are you telling your nephew what are you telling your niece God can use them God can anoint them despise not the day of new or small things don't you despise where you are some of y'all right now and I'm almost finished some of y'all are saying I moved from Michigan I moved from Alabama I moved from Ohio I moved from Kansas I moved from this place to come to a small field called Lexington Kentucky can any good thing come from Lexington can any good thing come from where I am I've been crushed I've been going through ain't nobody seen the prayers I prayed nobody's seen what I've gone through but I got a word I got a word for you the oil's getting ready to flow the oil's getting ready to flow keep on working keep on serving keep on parenting keep on zooming keep on paying your bills keep on doing what you gotta do the oil's getting ready to flow the oil's coming to you but you gotta keep moving I cried my last year 
yesterday. I cried my last year yesterday. Why am I through with yesterday? Because God, God is not through. And whatever the Lord, whatever the Lord, whatever the Lord says, whatever the Lord says, I didn't mean to preach like this. Whatever the Lord says, I don't care how long you gotta wait. I don't care how many people leave you. I don't care how many people walk away. Wait on the Lord. The oil's coming. 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 It's getting ready to flow. It's coming to your house. It's getting ready to flow. Check your bank account. Check your job. Check your house. Check your heart. Check your mind. The oil's coming. Coming, the oil's coming. You've been in the field, but you're getting ready to be in the palace. You've been in the field, but you're getting ready to be a royalty. You are an heir. You are royalty. You are an heir. You are royalty. You are the head, not the tail. Above, not beneath. I feel James Cleveland. Jesus will. Yes, he will. Jesus will. Yes, he will. Jesus will. Yes, he will. Give me oil. Give me oil. Come here, tin man. Come here, tin man. Supply some oil to me. Supply some oil to me. Supply it to my family. to my church. The oil's coming. 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 Put in the conversation. The oil's coming.
Would y'all mind in the comment section? Can we just give God a 60 second praise break? Because of the oil that's in your house. Put a foot on it. Put a praise on it. Because I got oil, I'm going to shout right here in my room. I'm going to shout right here in my house. I'm going to shout right in my situation.
right in the chat room. I know you got dancing hand and praising emotions. The oil's looking for you. I know you say it's a cup. Oh no, the, the oil is looking for you. The oil is looking for you. Last thing. All of you, everybody, before we gotta go home, because I'm over time, but everybody everywhere, I want you to, the last thing I wanna tell you, this last thing I wanna tell you, don't let a current move block the movement for your next moment. Don't allow your current move Block the movement for your next moment. I want to listen, everybody, everywhere. After Samuel allowed that oil to flow he allowed that oil to flow it says Samuel rose up and left he poured the oil and he left what that meant was Lord I did what you told me to do now the next move is up to you everybody who's watching everybody who's streaming listen that's why I'm telling you though, you gotta keep moving. Not that it didn't hurt, not that it, Samuel wasn't hurt because Saul was rejected and not that it doesn't hurt that we're still looking for leaders to help in times of crisis today. But once you get over your mood, get some movement because another moment is coming where the oil is gonna flow. The oil doesn't stop because a man dies. The oil is still looking for a place to land. You are not next. You are now. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.